Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousin slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. It's a beautiful February mm-hmm. so far. We have enjoyed the full moon. Yes. We have, I feel like, really celebrated the month well. Thus far. Thus far. And we are continuing with the killer ladies for Fem Feb. Mm-hmm. Next will be the Nicolas Cage appreciation. Nick Cage appreciation. I'm looking forward to that. Um, are I- we surprising each other with our choices? I think so. <laughs> uh, I want us to surprise each other with a choice each. Okay. And then the third will be one, yeah, that we could agree on together. Because I have one that I don't know if you've seen it that would be fun to watch. Okay. And I think our together one, hear me out, it has to be either Face Off or Con Air. I know. That's what I was thinking. Because we watched both of those tremendous, like, a lot together. Face Off was my favorite over Con Air. Mm -hmm. I think Con Air was more your favorite. I think it was. Because you love the bunny quote. (laughs) (laughs) That was like your go-to quote. It was like, drop the bunny. Drop the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was like, take his face off. I want to take his face <laughs> off. And then unknowingly, I would quote when he was testing his voice out. Oh, yeah. Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> That impeachment of vagina. <laughs> I was a pretty sheltered kid. Ah, uh, that's so funny. For me to have watched all these movies, I still had no idea what was going on. Did not understand the context <laughs> of any of them. No, but I would repeat it. <laughs> oh, so oh, funny. That's so funny. So, um, until then, though, what you've been watching? What you've been up to? Um, I've watched The Menu. Um, I did too. Yes. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. We really liked it too. I love Ralph Fiennes. Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. I love Voldemort and the Red Dragon. I uh, guess that was exactly when Andrew was like, oh, and that guy. And I was like. The Red Dragon. I literally said his name like you where I'm like, Fiennes. Fiennes. I was like, Voldemort, yeah. also Red Dragon. <laughs> I know him first and foremost as the Red Dragon. Yeah, yes, that was when I was first introduced. Because I loved Hannibal. I saw that in theaters with Aunt Daisy. Hannibal or, or the, Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe we also um, have both been watching The Last of Us. Yes, which is amazing. I mm-hmm. love it. Oh, before we go too far ahead, we got completely off about the menu. I did want to point oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Hannibal the whole time instead. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, the menu, I thought that's where they were going to take it. I thought they were going to be eating people. I did as well. Okay. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the synopsis was very short and sweet. I actually thought that they were going to kill them and use them as the food. Uh, like people are going to disappear and the next course would be them. Yes. That's, that's what I thought was going to happen. I did as well. Yeah. And I feel like I that would have been cool too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> then it would have been more of a horror. Yeah. Think, than a, yeah. This was way more just 
funny. I enjoyed it. Well, I thought it, it was, was hilarious. It was definitely funny, and I guess more of like a like satire, kind of like, like a caper, also, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, about, maybe more satire. I guess. Yeah, and it's just like their big final meal, like yeah. performance. Performance. <laughs> He's like, this is just part of the show. It's just what he does. Yeah. And then I love how the one girl that was like, oh, it was my idea for all of us to die. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> like, just... Well, and then that, that one guy knew the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. And like, also that these people had no... And when he was like, y'all could have escaped if you had tried a little bit harder. <laughs> and they were still like... I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely not yeah what I was expecting. No, but, I really but when I took it. away from all of it at the end of the movie, I was like, "Damn, I really want a good cheeseburger." <laughs> oh man, that looks good. Anyway, and then also we have both been watching Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And how have you been enjoying it? I've been uh, loving it. I think it's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. And you've never seen the game or played it, correct? No, I've never played the game. Um, I might have seen it in like a magazine in passing yeah. or something. But no, I've never played it. Okay. Yeah, because I had seen um, Andrew, I watched him play the games because mm-hmm. I'm not very good at shooting type games. So yeah. when it's something cool like that that has a good story, I'm like, oh, well, you'll play it and I'll just watch. Like, yeah. It's like watching an interactive movie. <laughs> yeah, really. Basically, yeah. basically. They were great. Like, for me, as like a person who's not gamed, but I'm like, they're great games. Yeah. You should play them. <laughs> If, if you play those kind of games, otherwise I recommend you find someone to play them so you can watch. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, this has definitely, like, lived up to my expectations because the game was so good. Mm-hmm. So it's been really cool to see them bring to life certain elements, especially, like, the clicker things and stuff. Yeah, because I hear, because, um, like, me and Dave, that's the one show me and Dave watch together. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like, oh, that wasn't the game, or that wasn't in the game, or... Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know what's going on. Nice. <laughs> you got the info. And uh, what, else, uh, what else have you watched? I watched, oh, that um, David Harbour movie, Violent Night. Oh, like Christmas themed, right? Yeah, he's Santa Claus. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> yes, he's yes, Santa? Yes, he's Santa Claus. Um, and he's like a drunk and disorderly kind of Santa. Not really disorderly, but he's like just kind of fed up with but, the whole Santa gig. Okay, like... A regular person Santa gig. Like, he's not actual Santa Claus. No, he's actually Santa Claus. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. He's that's actually what I, Santa Claus. Okay, that's what I need Reindeer, to do. the whole shebang. Oh, okay, okay, He's gotcha. just kind of gotten, like, disillusioned with the whole Santa thing because mm-hmm. his kids are assholes. Yeah, okay, got it's it. It's, like, the general theme. And then he stumbles upon a, like, kidnapping in progress. Mmm. And shenanigans ensue. Oh, okay. Violence happens. <laughs> and it's got Beverly D'Angelo in it. Oh. And didn't she, did she pass away recently? Or is she still with us? I don't know. Oh, because Dave said something about, he's like, didn't she just die recently? And I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. Let me look it up real quick. Nope, she's still alive. She's 71. That's not that old. No. She's still, uh. Still kicking. (laughs) Still kicking. Nice. We also watched Lady Snowblood. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. (laughs) Um, it is an early, like, a Japanese Mm. Like, um, like karate exploitation movie, I guess. Like, okay. I think it was one of the ones that inspired Tarantino with like Kill Bill and stuff. 
Oh, like, so it's old. Yes, yeah, okay. it's from the 70s. Oh, okay, um, okay. <laughs> it was a really fun watch. They have um, a whole bunch of them on HBO. Mm. And that's like a... It's live action? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Just, I don't know why I thought you said anime. Yeah, just like karate movies. Okay, you said yeah. karate. Karate, <laughs> not anime. <laughs> no, karate movies. Um, I haven't really watched much from that like era and much Japanese older cinema at all like if it isn't anime i haven't probably seen a bunch of it yeah. so uh yeah they have a whole bunch on hbo max or whatever mm. um so i recommend going down that wormhole i have a bunch like added to my list now so this was the first one that i wanted wanted to see because i like the kill bill movies yeah and i'm um he, you can definitely see where like parts that he drew from it for sure and the blood is ridiculous and hilarious oh like overkill like spurting out of him like it's great like really cool like some visuals are really awesome and then some of it you're like oh my goodness like (laughs) you know that early like filmmaking like (laughs) aspects of it early filmmaking in the 70s yeah (laughs) but like well i mean like amateur i guess like certain (laughs) shots or where you're like oh lord (laughs) lord lord so let's uh get into it. In this episode we watched 1992's Poison Ivy. And did you realize this was the same year as I was like so all these fucking movies came out the exact same year? Yeah, exactly. They were all trying to rip off Fatal Attraction. Did that also come out in 92? I believe it was a little precursor to that. So, so this 91 was, maybe. I don't know. I think yeah. I think it was even late 80s was that one. And I have to also say that when I was looking it up, it said that this was Fatal Attraction for teens. I have that in the trivia. Okay. We will get into that. <laughs> Believe me, I I have I have some stuff. I was disgusted <laughs> after I watched it. Okay, so it was released May eighth, nineteen ninety two. It's eighty eight minutes. It's directed by Cat Shea. The screenplay was by Andy Rubin and Cat Shea. The story was by Melissa Goddard. It was produced by Andy Rubin. It was starring Tom Skerritt, Sarah Gilbert, Cheryl Ladd, and Drew Barrymore. Cinematography was by Feedin' Papa Michael. Papa Michael. And edited by Gina Middleman. Music by David Michael Frank. The budget was $3 million. The box office, $1.8. Oh, bombed. But... It was nominated for the 1992 Grand Jury Prize of Best Film at Sundance. Really? Nominated. Didn't win, I yeah. guess, but it was nominated, which I was also like, really? <laughs> uh, Sarah Gilbert was nominated for Best Supporting Female at the 93 uh, Independent Spirit Awards. <laughs> um, it didn't do well, but it did only release in like 20 theaters. Mm, okay. Yeah, so it uh, was more of a word of mouth, and it did become a success on cable and video in the mid-1990s. Because they're like, you almost see your titties. <laughs> and this makes sense, too, because I watched this on Lifetime. That, oh. That is why I know this movie, and that's how okay. I'm like familiar, is it was played on Lifetime. And I wonder, I mean, they had to cut out some... Oh, 100%. We'll, uh, we'll get into that, too. <laughs> I got a bunch. To kick it off, though, it was based on, loosely based on the experience of Melissa Goddard, who is credited as part of the story. <laughs> credited. <laughs> Once I start doing that, I can't stop. <laughs> 
<laughs> but she is the executive producer of the film. Uh, the one thing is her mother was sick, um, but her ivy didn't, like, kill her mother. Um, and the real ivy didn't die in the end. Um, okay. So she embellished it. <laughs> very much so. It was just more of her friend in high school, like, that seduced, seduced her, dad. her dad. Yeah. Was she, like filthy stinking rich also yes originally her stepfather oh and it wasn't even her dad it was her stepdad okay and he was a big time hollywood producer so so was was he seduced or and uh yeah because he promised to get her famous in the original story like she had people like barbara streisand coming to the house and you know they're like that's a little much we need to like ground it a little bit bit. So they did do that. And also, Melissa is um, a lesbian in real life. So Sylvia is supposed to be a lesbian. They said... Okay. No, they don't. See, that's the thing. Well, they said... She said, maybe I am a lesbian. Definitely not. Yeah. I just said that to mother for the shock value. That was like the first thing she said. Exactly. And then that's where a lot of this is, again, kind of convoluted and... It's mimicking a lot of what we saw with single white female, where they're alluding to this is almost supposed to be a movie, you know, like kind of based on on lesbian or romantic attraction in that respect. But they do such a disservice. Like, yeah. it's like so insulting almost. Because like, again, because Melissa is a lesbian in real life, the quote from like the director was like, oh, well, no one thought twice about it because we knew her her sexuality but no one cared and we just all assumed it's like the oh we just all assumed that everyone would understand that that character is supposed to be gay gay even though she strictly said she wasn't (laughs) yeah yeah but oh we're supposed to assume that they're like oh that's just her uh coming to terms or fighting with the idea of like you know of what she is and this and that but i'm like you still know like i feel like it's like an afterthought or no because it was if anything it was always drew barrymore that instigated the kissing Mm -hmm. and she never kissed her back really so if anything, I would have thought that she was gay or bisexual, not... Exactly. So I'm like, are they just implying that, like, the lesbian experience of, like, maybe when they're figuring things out? I'm like, there's just an... I Like, again, I just feel like it's insulting. Like, I'm like, why even bring it up? Or if it is, like, you're saying it's almost, like, in a bad way, you yeah. know? So, like, just don't. Like, <laughs> like well, I don't... Well, it was 1992, and that was super taboo, and, like other yeah know. and i feel like they were using it for like the, the inter- evil lesbian yeah like the entertainment said. shock value of oh it's sexy but it's not but it's wrong but you yeah, know like yeah. and i'm like no lesbians are real people like <laughs> it was like you said it was that like this one was like teen erotica almost yeah it was kind of disgusting exactly <laughs> Um, because again, but Drew Barrymore looked beautiful. Yeah, she was beautiful. But this is what the director was saying. I found this like really long article where the director had been interviewed about this movie. So I at least wanted to know, I'm like, this bitch better have some regrets. Like, you know, so when I'm looking up this stuff, she was like, oh, well, Ivy is just using everything in her arsenal to get what? A family. I think that was really the point that was trying to be made, that these were all people that didn't belong anywhere and they're all struggling to belong. And um, she's also quoted with saying, like, we weren't trying to make a hero out of Ivy, but a lot of people started to take it that way, which I regret. I really do. 
I didn't intend for girls to make her a role model, so that's why I don't make movies like that anymore. <laughs> I was misinterpreted. So this whole movie, Kat Shay had a lot to, to do with this movie. And even with her, like, especially with her being female, mm -hmm. I cannot, I just cannot... <laughs> I can't. Like, that's literally where it stops. I can't even. She made it for men, obviously. It's what it feels like. Yeah, I feel like she... I'm just, fuck you, Cat Shay. I'm going <laughs> to say it. <laughs> I read this whole interview with you, and I am just going to gleam on the top of it. But when it gets to the nitty gritty of... She was 17 when she made this fucking oh. movie. And they... She alluded in the article that the body doubles were used for the, the total nudity. Okay, so she says a body double was used for that. So regardless of the nudity not being 17-year-old Drew Barrymore, I don't know if I even believe her at this I point, don't to know. be honest. I don't think they can. But she even talks about how Tom Skerritt, the, or Skerritt, whatever his name yeah. was, the, the father, uh, the actor himself was very uncomfortable with the scenes. Like, she openly discusses how uncomfortable he was. I'm like, so, and you guys did it anyway? Yeah. Like, and then she's like, oh, and Drew was just, like, really into it. And she was just, you know, it was the first movie she had made after all of her drug, all her early teen years of being, you know, like, in that spiral that she did for a while. Yeah. So, I'm like, so you thought it was a good idea take to take a vulnerable, vulnerable child actor who just got, like, emancipated. So, I feel like that's the only reason this is only how this legally happened, yeah. I think. <laughs> I didn't go too far into it, but I'm just like, what the fuck? And the way that she wrote this interview, it's like, oh, I have regrets that people looked up to Ivy. I'm like, that's your regret? Not that... You mishandled... You made this movie with 17-year-old <laughs> Drew Barrymore? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was a little stunned. I'm like, this bitch. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, don't kill your friend's mother and fuck her dad. Don't do that. <laughs> Even though I made it totally cool. That's what I regret. Uh, I don't understand why anyone would think that she was cool and would want to embody her. I'm like, you put her in cool outfits. Yeah, she was gorgeous. Yeah. Of course, stupid teenagers. Like, who the... Right. <laughs> and, like, why would you... I just don't... I guess maybe that's how people felt about American Beauty when that came out. I haven't watched that one in a while either. Yeah. I haven't watched that one in a long time. But either. I don't think Thor Birch was 17. No, and neither was Mina. the other girl, right? Still, it is a, it's a weird line. And this one, I feel like, really crossed them. But yeah, so she has all these different quotes. Um, you can find this article on Yahoo.com. Um, it's called Poison Ivy Director Explains Why Drew Barrymore's 1992 Erotic Thriller Couldn't Be Made Today. Like, no shit. No shit. Because <laughs> she was underage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a bunch about kind of that with the making of and it being Drew Barrymore's um, first film, like, basically as a quote-unquote adult. <laughs> right. And they actually filmed a lot of it without uh, knowing the ending anyway. They weren't going to have her die. It was going to be where she just, like, hitchhikes out of town and just gets the fuck out of Dodge and goes mm. and does it again somewhere else. You I feel know? like that would have been a better ending. Well, yeah, because they make a sequel anyway. Uh, yeah, so. No, they make, like, a sequel, a third one. Yeah. Possible fourth. <laughs> and then also, another thing that bothered me is that the mother's illness was fucking emphysema. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked up some emphysema facts. That's what we're doing in this episode. And... 
people can get emphysema in their 30s and 40s. And they said she was only like 38, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah, she was the same age as me. Yeah. yeah. And um, they said that they could maybe have a disorder that runs in families, and that's called alpha-1 antitrispin deficiency, but this is rare. Um, and then the Mayo Clinic states that most people um, are at least 35 to 40 years old when just the first signs of COPD shows. Okay. So, I mean, I just, you literally could have picked like any other illness <laughs> that would have, I don't know. I feel like been a little more believable for someone that's right. 38 years old. Emphysema was just not the way to go. And then when I was reading more of the facts, I was like, Oh, as seen by when they're cleaning out the mother's car and she's, like, vacuuming up all the cigarette butts. Oh. And I'm like, I know for a fact that I I smoked since I was 16 years old. And I am 35. I just quit this year, like, right before I She would have to smoke, like... So much. Eight packs a day to get emphysema that young. It would have had been so much. Because my asthma... (laughs) I thought at one point I had COPD because mine was so, like, uncontrollable, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I still don't have emphysema. And I smoked on top of it. Yeah. Even after having asthma, still smoked. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, they could have at least made this lady have something a little... Believable? A little more believable for as young as they had her... Well, they're like, we have to keep her... She has to stay attached to oxygen until the end of the movie. So what could she have... I mean, she would have to be in bed on oxygen. Cancer. Yeah. Like, because then you know they're like really, really sick. I don't know. It made no sense to me with the emphysema with, yeah. at 38. Like, <laughs> it, or if the mom at least was in her 50s, like the old man dad was, that right, would have even been right. like more believable. Well, then the daughter wouldn't have hated her because she was so beautiful that she was jealous of her. Uh, I know. This, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> Save it. Let's save it. Let's go to the next uh, piece. But what explained a lot of this is when I found out more that Cat Shea, the director, um, is from the Mr. Uh, Corman's school of film is what people kind of jokingly call it. But I guess he did like the really cheesy, like oversexed up like Mm. action movies and stuff. So her previous films were Strip to Kill, Dance of the Damned, and Strip to Kill 2. Oh, classic. <laughs> so, and they were set in topless bars and featured prolonged erotic dance sequences. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so this all kind of... So kinda... she's an adult film director <laughs> is what it sounds like. <laughs> and then they're like, let's let her direct a, a Fatal Attraction for teenagers. Yeah, for teenagers. Oh, oh my I God. So, I was like, oh, okay. But that was before I watched it. Yeah. And then after I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> also, it was shot in just 35 days. I could buy that. Yep. Um, there were uh, several scenes where you can tell, like, oh, they, what the fuck are they doing? Uh, <laughs> one of them is including when they crash the car into the tree. You can literally do that zoom out shot. You can see all the camera equipment. <laughs> I didn't notice. Yeah, that was the one I did notice. That <laughs> I was the one I noticed. That. And they just have everything, like, sitting out, the camera equipment, like, it looks like cases, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> long shot with all that in They're it. Like, that's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Nobody's watching this shit yeah. anyway. So, Little are... did they know, 10-year-old <laughs> Stephanie was watching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, uh, that's all we need to know about yeah. this movie Less before we more. just get into it, I guess. So with that, Jess is going to take it away with the Yugo Gold Summary. 
<laughs> it's more pronounced every time. <laughs> Dejected about her relationship with her father, a teen girl, Sylvie Cooper, grows closer to a fiery fellow student named Ivy. But as much as Sylvie craves Ivy's wildness, Ivy in turn is attracted to Sylvie's comfortable home life. Ivy seduces her father in an attempt to have that life for herself and also takes steps to kill Sylvie's mother, Georgie, who is seriously ill, making it look like Sylvie is the guilty one. So... We've already kind of mentioned, you have no memory of this movie. You've never seen it. Nope. Um, And I have brushed on uh, the fact that I saw it on cable on Lifetime. So it was very edited. Did. Did. (laughs) I was trying to stop myself. (laughs) And it had no nudity, you know, or anything like that. Like, even the, the sexy scenes had to have been cut extremely short right. you know so all i kind of vaguely remembered was oh i like drew barrymore and, and the uh sarah gilbert because i liked darlene on roseanne, roseanne. you know she's like oh moody and and so grungy looking yeah. and like so cool and i mean yeah drew barrymore was like oh so pretty like at that point and that was if you were to be compared to a celebrity everybody would compare you to drew barrymore remember back then I feel like you got compared to her. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant, like, in general, if you wanted to be compared no, to a celebrity. No, I mean, like, you personally, like, your face shape, you have, like, kind of, like, the same heart face. Oh. Heart-shaped face. It's probably, like, the, the bigger cheeks. And, like, the lip shape was almost... Well, thanks. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's who you ran me of. Ew, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I had a very vague recollection of watching this on like Lifetime and I was a kid and I liked it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, it's a thriller. It's crazy. So I'm just going to tell everyone to hold on to your butts (laughs) because this one's going to be a a doozy. (laughs) I started out as, uh, noticing the sexy saxophone, sexy saxophone. I put intro slow motion. Drew Barrymore with killer mermaid waves. <laughs> I know she's always had the best hair. She really has that great nice perm. Hair. Great perm. <laughs> That's what she said. And then Darlene shows up. <laughs> and then Darlene. And then I didn't realize that Skangy. Skangy? That's what they called like, oh, you don't want to be a skangy or a skangy. That was their like skanky word was skangy. Oh, I didn't know. Skangy, skangy. I like skangy. I guess I just assumed they were saying skanky. They were not. Oh. (laughs) Skangy. Right away, she bashes a dog's head in that had been hit. By a car. Right. That's what I said. I was like, that was the first flag. Well, also just, why are all these movies having women kill dogs? I don't I guess that's the first sign of crazy. I guess. (laughs) That's true. I guess killing animals. Killing animals. (laughs) It's the first sign. 
And she's just kind of like, what? I mean, granted, it was like dying, so it's supposed to be like a mercy killing. Supposedly. Supposedly. So that is that. You get that into it. Is that like reflecting the mercy killing she felt like she was doing um, for the mother? Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you're not beautiful anymore. You might as well be dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can't ride with the top down anymore. <laughs> Top down, top down, top down. And you like, can't ride with your own top down. <laughs> you know, right? And then <laughs> her hair. I thought that was an intricate braid on the side at first. <laughs> I was like, did she fucking braid her hair in the eye of Ra? And I guess it was shaved in there. Yeah. Which is even more unbelievable. And it looks so bad. <laughs> Terrible. Kind of a wig. Like it was or, something. Yeah, it was like a big, something. like puff of fake it was like hair, a carpet piece, yes. like attached over her. Because at first I was like, "What the fuck is? Is that a clip? Like, why is her hair all? Oh, <laughs> stupid." Another thing that they're doing in this movie a lot is hosing her down. Oh, of course, yes. Because <laughs> is there anything better than a wet t-shirt? Oh my god, yeah. I was like, oh, it was. I forget, like, the obsession that wet t-shirt contests were in the 90s. Because, well, oh my god, you might see a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, we didn't wear had a bras back then anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've reached this consensus. Just yeah. go into an air-conditioned building. You're going to see a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell it was, like, the pre-internet days. Yeah. That's how people had to, like... Get off. <laughs> So they introduce Sarah Gilbert and Drew Barrymore. Sarah is narrating it throughout the movie because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be just like so like intellectual and such a writer feminist. and feminist. And she's like, it's the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and she's judging Drew Barrymore the entire time. Again, why I didn't get she's the... A slut. Yeah, and just keeps calling her a slut. The like, whole movie. The you look whole like a movie. slut. You, you look like, like a slut. slut. You look like a slut. Mm-hmm. Even says, oh, so you dress so sexy so your dad will notice you? Yeah. What the fuck was that? I know. Well, it didn't work. He left anyway. <laughs> yeah. What kind of Oedipus? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just a little flabbergasted. And they act like, oh, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, you dress like a slut so your dad will notice you. <laughs> what? Like, I don't... Um, just so the audience is clear... I was raised by a single mother, so I've had no dad in my life, so I have no concept. I did have one, and, and I never would have dressed slutty, so my dad would know. Yeah, like, I, I'm just going to assume that that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I also knew somebody growing up that would walk around the house naked with their dad home, and to me, that's weird. That's weird. Like, if it's your mom... Still wear to walk around butt-ass naked, in my opinion. Underwear, okay, it's your mom. You know, whatever. I mean, some people are cooler with nudity, it's fine. Yeah, like, I'm just I, I'm just not a naked person. Me either. <laughs> so, I'm a very modest, even in my own home, I don't I don't walk around naked because I don't enjoy it. I don't... I don't like the skin on skin. I don't like my skin touching yeah. other things. I right? like a barrier between my skin exactly. and... Exactly. I need the... Maybe pro- that's just my weirdness. Protection. Yeah. <laughs> I need protection. <laughs> like, my Your skin, skin is a very delicate 
It is very sensitive. Yeah. And if I get certain chemicals or cleaner on it or anything, like, I could break out. I can't even use, like, flower-scented body wash. I can't either. Because I'm allergic to flowers. (laughs) And I can only use one type of detergent. (laughs) I have to use unscented deodorant. (laughs) We sensitive. I don't understand you naked people. Let <laughs> <laughs> the skin not fall off. Keep it secret. <laughs> keep, keep it, it safe. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, and her dad, I was like, where do I know this man from? He's been in a shit ton of things. Yes. I know him as Sally Field's husband and Shirley MacLaine's, like, Super enemy and still Magnolias. Oh my God, that's him. <laughs> yes. Okay, remember? that's so he funny. Was, uh, he was always arguing with Shirley MacLaine. Yes, because I, I didn't. Weeza. Weeza, yeah. I didn't remember specifics, but I just knew I recognized him. Uh, and he is supposed to be um, a TV anchor Man. guy. Yeah. yeah. And he works the news. And apparently he owns the news also. Because they made it sound like, well, it doesn't matter if they take you off the air because you, you got all your money anyway. Well, yeah, they're just saying, like, he's made bank this whole time. Oh, okay. So, like, hey, you can retire and live your life, you know, is I think what they were implying. And this family sucks. Like, <laughs> straight from the get-go. Like, he's just a dick. Yeah. Um, you find out that Darlene, <laughs> I'm going to call her Darlene that's, the whole time. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're going with. Um... She's a big fat liar. Yeah. Like, and then also the mom is like an over dramatic, <laughs> like I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I don't believe she has emphysema. I, well, Darlene didn't either. <laughs> well, and then they kind of warp it into well, she just wants to kill herself. Right. But she's like, well, I want to kill myself because I can't breathe. But I don't. I don't when know. You're dying at 38 years old. Yeah. I, Nobody said you're dying. Maybe in 92, emphysema is a bigger deal than it is now. Maybe. And then also, though, just what a shitty mom, too, though. Oh, that's what I wrote. She was the, so selfish. Like, yeah. Like, it's okay for her to be up, and then as soon as her daughter comes in the room, she's like, oh, no, no, don't bother me. No, don't talk to me. No. Like, you, you're still a fucking mom. Yeah. And, and then she just, like, flocks to Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Because she's pretty. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like the way her daughter looks, therefore, she doesn't like her daughter. Yeah, is basically what they imply. Yeah. Oh, she listened to oh, the Oh, she music. looks like, Drew Barrymore looks like me. That's why she started blow-drying her hair. Mm-hmm. Instead of wearing it curly, so she looked like the mom. Yeah. And then Drew Barrymore wanted to be the mom. Darlene's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also fuck her. Or something. And that's where, again, when I was like, they keep saying these are like, oh, well... You know, they have undertones of the lesbian themes. I'm like, quit insulting lesbians. Like, they're these weirdo, sleazy people who, like, want to become people but also fuck them. Like, (laughs) I I want to be your mother and your lover. Yeah, like, it's... uh, Whose fetish is this? (laughs) Like, come on. make this movie for? Yeah, it's just fucking weird. (laughs) So, this movie, I don't... Let's also just... Get into that. Jessica could not find this movie, guys. No. Like, it's nowhere to be rented from. 
And I assumed it would be on Amazon or something. Literally, the whole internet says it is not available to stream or for purchase. Yeah. And I did find a DVD on Amazon for like $45. Yeah. And I said, go fuck yourself. And I um, <laughs> we have ways of procuring movies. Yeah. Um, so this one I had found. So I eventually... Just saw my copy. I procured the copy. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this episode is kind of moot as well because even if you haven't seen this movie, you're not gonna. You're not gonna probably. And usually, be able to even find on it. YouTube, you can find no only the trailer. Yeah, mm-hmm. or like uh, maybe one clip from it. And that that's why it. that's why I'm like I don't think they use the body double because isn't it a little weird that you can't that find no it evidence. anywhere? Yeah, yeah. That's the only bad thing about technology is there's no hard copy to it. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. If there's no hard copy, there's no there's no copy. Yeah. So it makes me wonder because yeah, this movie is just highly inappropriate. The sex scene is so graphic to me with the dad. When, Which one? Yeah, right? All of them. But especially so... <laughs> when she um, walks in on her? When Darlene finally walks in on her and her... On the fucking piano? Yeah. And it was just... Oh, my God. I was like... I literally was like... <gasps> I was I was watching it on my computer. Oh, God. Um, and I don't know. That room gets really echoey. And when it started, it was like, ah, and I was like, oh my God, turn it down. They're think I'm watching boy in here. <laughs> yeah, they were way too graphic. Watching this old man make out with what you know is 17-year-old uh, Drew Barrymore. Yes. And gross. then, now that I know how uncomfortable he was with it, and just like, again, that they all went along with it. They're like, well, let's do it anyway. Like, well, it's okay. Like, you guys. Here's my naked ass. Yeah. <laughs> Should be fine. <laughs> Rubbed up against. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> out. I know. Watching, so, yeah. I was like, ugh. So it had some highly inappropriate scenes. Um, on top of, again, yeah, like, just they're all shitty fucking people. You don't really feel bad. Like, I don't even feel bad enough for Darlene's character. I, a little it's bit. It's hard for me to feel bad but for it's people har- of that wealth. Exactly. So ultimately, you're kind of like, oh, boo-hoo, you're oh, a rich poor girl. little rich girl. Yeah, boo-hoo, poor little rich girl. It's so relatable. Oh, no, I'm not pretty. And I'm like, oh, you're like rich, rich. That's like the godfather's fucking house. Yeah, like at a tower. I do like how she's <laughs> at like. At a tower. Oh. Yeah, a literal tower. Oh, and then, so is her dad like bald on top? Yes. <laughs> They have a scene because like now, a fuzzy, like a peach. Yes, it's just like rubbing his bald spot. But they, it was so dark; it was hard to see what the fuck was going on. Oh well, yeah, that's the whole point, though. Is like, oh, it's in the dead of night when he takes off his toupee, <laughs> and then she's like, "What waiting in the waiting, waiting in the stairwell? Yeah. Like, what the fuck even is that part of their house? <laughs> in the tower. In the tower, I guess." <laughs> And that's what I love, too, is that how they make her... She's supposed to be so, like, innocently manipulative a little bit. You yeah. know, like, oh, well, I like your bald hair. Oh, it makes you, like, a real person because right. you're on TV and now you're more real because you have a bald spot. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's typical teenage bullshit. Like, she's not, like, a master manipulator. That's, like, exactly what a teenage girl would say. And you're just a horny old man, okay? So control yourself, sir. Like... And what was with all the boot scenes? 
I don't know. Does does she have like a boot fetish? Yeah, like oh oh the boots are getting wet. Yeah. Ooh, I'm throwing the or they're falling. Like something Several was happening. Times yeah, like it was weird. Boots. And then, then then you didn't see him again because then she started wearing the mom's clothes. So then she went to high heels. I guess that was the symbolism between trash and class. Oh yeah, yeah. From boots to heels. <laughs> but then she gets like the sleaziest tattoo. <laughs> I'm gonna get a cross with roses with and roses, <laughs> and then she got that hideous peace sign. Oh my god, it was like four inches thick. <laughs> I was like, well, you ain't covering that up, bitch. You're gonna have to black it out, right? But how '90s of you to get a peace sign on your ankle? I do appreciate that. <laughs> um, so the whole time that they've developed their friendship, the girls have become besties, and because Drew Barrymore is a scholarship kid. She starts staying basically with these rich people because mm-hmm. they're like, well, she's a poor kid with nothing better to do. And she's friends and then with that, her daughter. That whole house, she slept, why did she have to sleep in the same bed with Darlene? Yeah, right? There like, was no other bedrooms? Apparently not. I don't know. Yeah, so they've alluded to the flirtation with the dad. They've built up with that. They've built up that the mom seems to, the mom and dad both seem to be enamored with Drew Barrymore, and no one gives a fuck about Sarah Gilbert's mm-hmm. character. Um, we've established she's a liar. Um, and then she just starts going more and more off the rails. As the movie progresses, we get more of the inappropriate scenes with the dad. Yeah. That gets more graphic. And then we finally get to the point where Sarah Gilbert and her have been arguing a lot. And that's where she again goes with it. Well, you're a slut. You're this and that. Mm-hmm. You look like a slut. No, I don't get why they would have her character just degrade Drew Barrymore the whole time. And then they finally show her being more manip- manipulative when... That Dar- charity calls or Yeah, whatever. the charity thing. And so she sets it up on the same day as her dad's birthday. Because, oh, she was her But it wasn't even his, or, yeah, I was like, son of his yeah, birthday. Yeah, like for work or something. But I, I promised my dad. And it was like his last ditch effort to like, I don't know, make oh, nice with people the, or something? Uh, yeah, because I think he knew he was getting old and he was being ousted. Okay. And he just couldn't age gracefully. So instead he's like, ooh, I got a, a oh, an old 38-year-old wife. <laughs> with emphysema she can't have sex with me anymore because <laughs> then at one point he's like I don't know what I'm going to do with, who am I without her and in the same breath you're like finger banging Drew Barrymore on the bed with your wife asleep right next to you yeah that was a huge 180 mm-hmm. yeah when they finally because it was party. literally like hours later that he oh yeah and then the when the mother finally walks in on them remember yeah it was right before that yeah and then he's oh like, no yeah and then the mother though like basically was just like oh well i guess it's okay because he thought but he, he was he went in there to cry and she looked so much like her that he just had a grind on her and she's like, oh, okay. And he doesn't then. even drink anymore, so I can't even blame it on that, even though he was. Mm-hmm. Like, drinking vodka for breakfast by the oh, next yeah, morning. Oh, yeah, she throws him off the wagon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, because he said, oh, I used to have an alcohol problem. I don't anymore. <laughs> That's not how addiction works, buddy. <laughs> but I like when the they calm her down, though, and there was the very dramatic champagne glass dropping shot. Yeah. And it shatters 
It was the most lifetime movie scene <laughs> I've seen in a really well, long time. And I thought the mom died at first. I'm like, holy shit, she just died? And then I'm like, what? They put something in her champagne. And I was like, she just fell asleep from one sip of champagne? Yeah. Well, no, she took all those pills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But either way, so now, now the dad can comfortably commit statutory rape. Yeah. <laughs> And so this is when I started in my own notes going, how old was Drew Barrymore? I need to look this up. Oh my God, the scene of him kissing her leg. I hope to God that's a body double inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, one of my other favorite lines now from this movie, because it's so ridiculous and random, is afterwards the girls are arguing and then she's like, fuck you with a limp dick. <laughs> Like, one, how is it possible? Uh, it's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and then they also insert an 80s rock ballad montage. Monster ballad is yes. what I wrote. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. Now starts the monster ballad. And they kept referencing, uh, when they would go a little more into Darlene's character, of, like, her fear of that, like, rope swing. Yeah, but she and, never overcame it. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, she never overcame that. And then those... That girl and boy that came when she was like looking at the swing i'm like what are these fucking trapeze artists like <laughs> what the fuck are they doing on the swing and that's where i was like oh what is that supposed to mean like she holds herself back from doing things that others aren't afraid of or do easily oh i'm sure you know but still either way doesn't I'm matter like, should have never come in anyway so why even put it in there I, exactly like you did nothing with this like i don't know I'm supposed to like humanize her or you know give us a little more of her character but it didn't do shit it's just everything was stupid about this movie right and then her and her dad drew barrymore and darlene's dad mm -hmm. like drive through the woods oh yeah and this is where i'm like oh a nice drive through the woods to commit more statutory uh, i wrote <laughs> cool spot to uh <laughs> cool spot in the woods to drink and fuck <laughs> I know, but they're like, just drink it on the bottle. I'm yeah. like, you are a grown man. You are not a you teenager. You are not just a grown man, like, in your 50s. You literally drove, like, a freaking, what is it, a BMW or, like, a Mercedes? Mercedes. Like, into the woods to drink with a 17-year-old. Right. Out of a bottle. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, but when she's on the hood of the car, and she goes. And then it starts raining again. I know. <laughs> they're stupid, <laughs> fluttering eyes. Hey, eyelashes. <laughs> And he's like, well, don't mind if I do. Can't help myself. Yeah. I'm just a man. <laughs> was her wife, was his wife dead at that point? No, not yet, I guess, huh? Nope, nope, not yet. Because <laughs> uh, that's where didn't we Didn't matter. He didn't give a shit. Because yeah. within, like, the very next day, he's already fucking her on top of the family piano. Yeah, yeah. Because then, because it's after this scene, after the wood scene, when she basically... The mom's doing her weird shit, like, ooh, I want to die, but I'm going to hang off the thing, and and this and that. And this is where the mom also is a complete um, psycho as well, just because, like, Darlene, when she overhears, like, when Darlene and Drevermore are first, like, meeting about, like, oh, she killed herself, and then she's like, oh, you think it's cool to tell people you try to kill yourself, or why would you do that, or blah, 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 blah. But then, like, literally the next scenes with her, how she's like, well, I just want to die and kill myself. She's like, oh, well, falling does sound appealing after Drew Barrymore talked about it. Yeah! And then, and so then she's doing that, so I'm like, I kind of don't blame Drew Barrymore for pushing you either. Didn't you want to? But then I was like, why would she push her and then grab her? I'm like, now they're going to know that she didn't fall. Now it's going to look like if you jump, you don't fall on your 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't fall that way. Well, I guess in 92, they couldn't tell the difference because they <laughs> cremated her ass real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess there's no evidence now. They already cremated her. Mm-hmm. And then they have the scene where Drew Barrymore is supposed to be consoling Darlene. And then they're basically like, she's like, let's role play. I'll be your mother. Yeah. Weird fucking scene. Why are you sleeping in my mother's bed? Oh, you look like you needed to be alone. And you look like you didn't need to be in my mother's bed. Right? <laughs> I did like that one quote that she said. Well, they say it might rain. One can only hope. Because then I can have my wet t-shirt. I can have my wet t-shirt. Oh, man. No, um... They had made mentions of, well, when I had mentioned, like, oh, the top down, the top down, because the mother had a little, like, convertible. Right. And it was like a Corvette, you know, or whatever, and how she's like, well, I have emphysema, so I can't drive with the top down anymore. Like, I know emphysema can be bad, but we have, like, a 93-year-old great uncle who had emphysema. Like, he could still walk around and, and ride in cars. So did his little oxygen tank. They have portable ones. 92 is not 1892. He was still smoking bugler cigarettes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) obviously, Georgie was not made of the same material. Well, she did smoke that one cigarette when she was like, I'm going to smoke and then kill myself. And, oh, I got caught. (laughs) (laughs) Can't kill myself now in front of people. (laughs) So after the mom dies, um... Darlene takes it upon herself to clean the car out, get it all nice, because she feels like that, that is what her mom would want. Um, and why would you let Drew Barrymore drive? Well, she didn't. Nobody knew how to drive, really, did they? She told her she knew how to drive. But Darlene didn't? No, I guess Darlene didn't, and then Drew Barrymore said she did know how to drive, and then she doesn't, and they fucked everything up, and then her ass... Clean that car for nothing. Crashes the car, because the conversation they were having... Was Drew Barrymore's humming a song, and it was the song that was playing when the mother killed herself. Because it was the song she wrote for her And mother. that's why she recognized it. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And then Darlene just asks her, basically like, oh, so you you saw my mom sometime that day. What did she say? What did she say? Did she act? Like, basically it was just like, oh, did she act any type of way? Because yeah. she obviously killed herself later that day. But Drew Barrymore is a stupid fucking teenager. And for her to be like, ooh, I'm so sexy and wily and, and cunning. And she's like, well, I didn't do anything to your mom. <laughs> I know. She's like, why would you say that? Now I think you killed her. Are you accusing me? And then crashes the car. And what I loved is when it showed, first off, I didn't think I didn't think Darling made it. Her fucking head went through the goddamn windshield. I knew I thought they were going <laughs> to kill her. And then it was like, still showed a close-up of slow-mo of, Drew Barrymore's boobs because they went a boom. Oh yes, <laughs> and I was like, so she gets hit in the titties. Why is it showing that? Like, exactly. why is it showing a close up of that? Foreshadowing. Yeah, and then I was, and then when she took the blood off her head and wiped on the steering <laughs> wheel, now they'll know. Not the big hole in the windshield where her fucking head went through. This little bit of blood on the steering wheel is going to make them think she was driving. Exactly. And then the dad did. Didn't realize the whole time he was fucking her. But then when he was chasing after his daughter, oh, oh, you got a steering wheel bruise on your chest. Yes. It was <laughs> you. Exactly. <laughs> you were driving the car. Like, no shit. And so Darlene is fucked up in the hospital. And then, yeah, the dad's like, oh, you were driving. Because Drew Barrymore dragged her ass over in, not just put her blood on there, but dragged her ass totally yeah. in the driver's side. 
And so... When but she didn't have anything on her head. Yeah. Obviously, and, there's a head hole in the windshield. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he's even, yeah, going like, oh, well, this is your fault. And bleh. Like, he is not worried about no. his fucking daughter mm-hmm. at he's all. He's not grateful that she's alive. And he goes back home to fuck Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And Darlene's character, like... Leaves the hospital in her gown, gets picked up by like a rando, like punk dude on a bus. Like, he's the only nice guy in the whole movie. He really was. And that is a scene where we say that they stumble upon uh, the very graphic scene in the piano room. <laughs> the piano room. And, and that's her piano. Like she used it to write music there. Yeah. And for them to fuck on the piano, I think was the ultimate, like, exactly. Howdy do. It was supposed to be like this blatant disregard. For any of her feelings. Any sanctity of, like, their family at all. Yeah. Um, so, again, I don't know what this director really thought they were achieving with this movie. Um, it is garbage. Yeah, and it was graphic. I mean, you saw his whole ass. Yeah, it was very graphic. And because at that point, Darlene runs away. And then they're supposed to all be going to find her. But it turns out she didn't run away. She was just, like, hanging around the corner. Yeah. And then comes back because Drew Barrymore at that point's like, I might know where she is. But then goes up to the balcony. Right. Well, no, he told her ass to stay there, remember? Like, he was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. you were driving. That's right. Okay. So, yeah, so she just goes up to the balcony, though. To pretend to be her mother. Some more. And then Darlene's hallucinating and thinks it is her mother, like, twice. Twice, yeah. She keeps... She thought he was fucking... Her, her mother. mom at first. Yeah. So she has like a traumatic brain injury. Right. And then she's like, I love you, mom. And then like, why, why, why is my mom trying to make out with me? Exactly. That's <laughs> oh, not my mom. Like, <laughs> they fucked her all up. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and so then, of course, I mean, she does push her ass off. And that's how it ends, is her killing yeah. Drew Barrymore's character, essentially. And then the dad, like, driving up and then looking like, oh, fuck. I'm like, yeah, because you've got a dead 17-year-old that your fucking sperm's in. Right. You dumbass. They probably didn't show it, but I'm sure there's an incinerator that they found. <laughs> in their basement. In the towel basement. In the towel basement. And then they, uh, just like with single white female, they wrap it up in a little narration bow. <laughs> right. Where we did nothing. No closure. <laughs> I'm like, so is I Darlene. still miss her. Yeah, I still miss her. Oh, and then here's, I wanted to end on this fun fact, was that, oh, Sarah Gilbert came up with that, the ending line that she says. That she still misses her? Yeah. Grown. Uh, yeah. And then even, I guess, a lot of the people who made the film had a problem with it because they're like, no, she wouldn't miss her. Like, fuck that bitch. You know, like, she killed her mom. She killed your mom. <laughs> and fucked her dad. Fucked her dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to kiss you. Yeah. And when you thought it was your mom. <laughs> she kissed you with the mouth that was probably on your dad's dick. Ah, gross. <laughs> Ew. Too, Ew. Too far. Too far. Ew. Ew. Gross. This movie. I'm so sorry that I recommended I it. I know. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> First off, it was impossible to find. Second off, <laughs> to watch old man fucking underage girl. <laughs> it was terrible. Terrible. And then the what was funny is that I was telling Dave about how hard it was to find. And he was like, that movie? He's like, that movie is awful. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I found that out. <laughs> Again, 
my recollection was the Lifetime <laughs> movie cut. Which is funny. You played so much on Lifetime for it to be so hard to find. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that's what it is. Maybe someone has the rights to it, and they're like, this never needs to see the yeah, Lion Day again. Mm. Garbage. <laughs> for a reason we the couldn't, only, couldn't find The only it. redeeming quality of this movie was Drew Barrymore's fashion throughout. Yeah. Like, her clothes were... Whoever did the costume design. Yeah, the costume design. Did very good. good. And I did love Darlene's long crystal necklace. Oh, I loved even uh, all of Darlene's outfits, too. Like, I liked both of their styles. And their hair. And their hair. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think those people did a phenomenal job in this movie. So if we're going to give some positives out. It's going to be the costume. It's going to be the costume and makeup. 100%. Because they even did a good job on that terrible bald thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they kept the lights down. Yeah. So it looks so fake. (laughs) Um, yeah, so um, I think it's safe to say that we will never watch this movie again. No. Mm-mm. We don't recommend it. Don't even look for it. Don't bother. It's not worth it. Yeah. And if you think it might be a sexy graphic scene, it's not even, wasn't even a good one. No, not. Don't even look it up for that. No, no. You don't see her boobs. <laughs> All you see is his ass. So <laughs> if that's what you're into, that's fine. There was a boob scene, though. It was, but it was, like, still... Like, side boob. It was, like, side boob. In the woods. It was, like, his hand. Yeah. And he's, like, like, grabbing it. Yeah. And it was gross and uncomfortable to watch. So, yeah. So don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, that's going to kind of um, end February's theme. And March will be kicking off the Nick Cage appreciation. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's reveal our picks to each other, maybe. Okay. What did you want to do? You go first. Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that soundtrack. I love that one. I feel like if we're going to do either um, Con Air or Face Off, mm-hmm. whichever one of those, then I'm going to choose Mandy. Did you see that one yet? I have not seen that it's one, actually. So good. Oh, okay. That was and on it's my super, watch list. like, creepy. It's... I thought he did a really good job in it. Nice, nice. So, yeah. Okay, so let's watch that okay. one, and then Gone in 60 Seconds, and then my vote's for Face Off. Okay, yeah. We so. might do just Face Off. Okay. I think you. so. As always, you can find us at Filmgazers on Instagram and Facebook, on Twitter as well. Twitter is also where you will find the link to join our Discord. Mm-hmm. If you sign up now, you could be the first to join the Discord. And you get a prize. To be determined. <laughs> I was like, ooh, what kind of prize? <laughs> I'll slap together watercolor for you. <laughs> <laughs> a little watercolor action. We'll, uh, I'll laser engrave you something. Yeah. Yeah, there we nice. go. Maybe a nice gift. Maybe a little incentive. So with that, guys, it's time to hit the dusted trail. Until next time. Later, taters. <laughs>